Hey, what's going on, everybody? Cody here, a new edition of Wax Packs and Warning Tracks is coming up shortly. But before we get to that, it's a huge week for baseball card collectors. Tops Chrome is dropping this week. And to celebrate, we are offering a special deal over at MojoBreak.com. If you enter the promo code CHROME, you're going to get 15% off your next order. So use that to get those spots in our first Topps Chrome Baseball Breaks coming up later this week. Get your Wander cards, Julio, Bobby Witt, the whole gang. Get those spots Get those cards, get in some breaks, 15% off when you use the promo code CHROME on mojobreak.com. What's going on, everybody? Cody Pazby back with you for another edition of Wax Packs and Warning Tracks, Mojo Break's baseball card podcast. Been away for a while, Labor Day holidays, stuff going on you don't need nobody but we're back we're back with more baseball card talk and we're focusing on prospects today obviously a huge release coming out this week tops chrome we'll talk about that as well but last episode we focused on a lot of the big rookies who have made a splash in 2022 well this week we're going to focus on some of the big prospects that have made a splash in the minor leagues and have recently been called up to the major leagues and plus some guys even further down the road that we should be keeping an eye on a big prospect filled episode we're going to dive deep with ethan cagno you can follow him on instagram cagno sports cards the guy also writes for the cape cod league he's the guy scouting the guys before they even get into the draft really go in depth on some of these prospects and their future uh, we talked to ethan about the guys he likes some of the big names some of the not so big names and who you should be collecting so here is my conversation with ethan cagno The minor league season is winding down. The baseball season as a whole winding down. Thought it'd be a good time to look back at the minor league season. Last episode, we looked at some of the big rookies. Where are they right now? So thought it'd be a good time to get uh, a feel for how the top prospects in baseball are doing. So I'm happy to be joined by Ethan Cagno, Cagno Sports Cards, uh, former Synergy Baseball Scout, also writes about the Cape Cod League. Uh, Ethan, thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, Cody, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's truly an honor, and uh, I can't wait to talk about some some prospects. Yeah, it's uh, it, it has been uh, an exciting season for uh prospectors i feel like in baseball because there is such a like uh, it's kind of it kind of incredible the amount of young talent we've seen come up and do well in the minor leagues this year overall um i I don't know if i'd say it's unprecedented but certainly since like this boom in the hobby i feel like this is like it's just like every guy's coming up and uh is hitting i mean obviously julio rodriguez a wander last year uh it's been a really really exciting time i think if you're a baseball card collector right now with all of these incredible prospects just clicking right when they get to the major leagues at least a good amount of them right yeah no kidding i mean this year we saw all these guys adley rushman even come up um and and guys just kind of hit and hitting off right away you saw bobby witt um and i'm glad i know we're going to get to talking about tristan Cassis, who everyone knows is my guy um but i'm glad he wasn't a quote-unquote real rookie this year because of such the uh, the crowded class it was um and everyone doing so well yeah exactly it's 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 exciting that there is still so much to look forward to in the future and we'll talk about some of those guys and some of those guys that just recently got called up we've talked almost all season long about Adley and Julio and Wander and all those guys, but a lot of guys getting called up. So we'll talk about them. But before we do that, uh, like we almost we do almost every show, new guests, I always like to know, like, just kind of give me your sports card history, your sports card background. How'd you get into it? What's the card that sort of that clicked everything into gear? Give me your baseball card, your sports card history. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I grew up, my dad had, you know, all these cards from his childhood and it even started with uh, 80s and 90s hockey, believe it or not. Um, I would never really knew, you know, what to really expect with sports cards from such a young age. Um, and, you know, he gave me all those hockey cards and I just went through them all and picked up on some of those names like Yaromir Yager and, and all these big name guys at the time. 
Um, and then slowly kind of just started to turn into an obsession. And, you know, when I was five years old, I got my first complete set of tops, uh, 2005 tops. Um, and ever since then, I, you know, read the backs of them, love the stats, love all the little, the bios and just seeing, you know, all their, their stats and analytics. Um, and so that's kind of really what guided me uh, starting in 2013 when Cagno Sports Cards began. Um, you know, I had all these cards laying around my room and I'm like, you know what, maybe I can make some money out of it. So, uh, that's how it started. And ever since then, you know, it's kind of pushed me, uh, to want to become an actual scout, um, in major league baseball. And, you know, throughout college, I just graduated in May, um, studying sport management. Pretty much my whole life has been wrapped around sports and sports cards. So, uh, sports cards has really kind of pushed me that way. And I think it's a pretty neat story for sure. Yeah, that's incredible, man, that to go, I, I feel like there are few that have the baseball card to baseball scout pipeline. So uh, that's a really cool story, man. And of course, uh, congratulations, recently graduated and best of luck going in the future uh, into the scouting department, um, because man, that's, uh, it, it, I guess too, as a baseball collector, you kind of have to be like a sort of unofficial scout in a way you know i've never really thought about how that is something that especially as kids now are getting more into this again uh that you know maybe your story becomes something of uh you start to hear more maybe 10 years down the road guys who are in you know front offices or uh you know in, in departments in front offices uh that uh it was that love of baseball cards and prospecting uh that really got them into it so that's great to hear yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had some I've had various interviews with MLB teams recently, and a lot of them do bring up my sports card background. And I do make that comparison of, you know, since 2013, I have been scouting in a sense, um, you know, putting money where my mouth is and investing in these sports players and these baseball players more specifically. Um, and, you know, there are guys that are going to bust and you're going to lose money on. Likewise, if you're a scout, there are players that you're going to be pretty confident on who don't end up making it to the league ever. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty cool, um, if you think about it, it, it definitely should be more common. And, and I hope that, you know, one day I do fulfill my dream of, of becoming a scout. No, that's awesome. And yeah, I think especially, I mean, you were into collecting. I think the, it's it's nice to hear a story of like that love of collecting started and there was not really a break in between because I think the common thing, especially in the last few years is, and I can speak for myself, is this like I loved it as a kid and then into high school and then maybe kind of fell off of it and then, you know, went through college, whatever. And then suddenly, hey, it's, it's still here. It's still big. So uh, you were, though, getting into this when this was not nearly like the behemoth that this industry now is. Obviously, there's been, you know, some things are kind of leveling off a little bit, but still compared to like what it was back then, um, still just huge compared to now. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting that baseball still does, even though obviously much bigger, this the baseball card world, baseball still kind of occupies this this like interesting space in the sports card world where it is still very much like the old school collector mentality versus sort of the, the rip and flip uh, of, of sort of football and basketball cards. So like, what do you make of the baseball card world in general, or really sports card world in general from where you started to like where we're at here in 2022? Yeah. Well, I think the most interesting thing uh, that I've thought of even recently was back in 2013, Instagram was a newer platform. Uh, they didn't have direct messaging. Um, so the thing I remember is uh, kick messenger was kind of that uh, direct messaging feature. Um, and people for the most part during that, era, I guess you can say, of sports cards, um, which for me, it's weird because I feel like 2013 was yesterday, but it's, you know, coming up on 10 years yeah. um, from that date. Um, but I think it's just really unique how the it's really transformed from people collecting what they love. And I think it's kind of gone towards people more really in it for the money, which is completely fair to say, um, you know, people see the dollar signs. And obviously, that's a reason why a lot of people got back into it. Um, but I think that's been the biggest difference from starting out when I was younger, when I was just 13 years old. Um, and I was kind of doing it because I love to do it and I love showing off my collection on social media. Um, and now it's just, you know, like you said, you know, people opening boxes, flipping cards right away. Um, but I kind of really still take, I guess you can say that older school approach where um, I really like investing in sports cards and really sitting on these guys for a year or two and seeing if they pan out. Um, you know, a lot of people, 
don't have that patience, but I think that's what makes it so unique from collector to collector is that some people, you know, really have that one guy and they're like, you know what, I'm going to ride it out. If he's a bust, he's a bust. Um, but, you know, I have faith in this, you know, certain player. So, uh, yeah, overall, I think it's just been a real big shift ever since the uh, ever since COVID hit. And, you know, we kind of saw that boom of sports cards, uh, which was great for the hobby. Um, you know, I, I think it kind of continues trending in that direction of more money to be had. Yeah, exactly. And I think there is that uniqueness too with <clears throat> with specifically baseball of, you know, there is that the patience is a virtue in the, in this hobby. Especially if you're a baseball collector, we've learned that. And, you know, when we talk about a few of these guys, we're going to we're going to see exactly that uh that that instant gratification just does isn't built into baseball collecting like it is uh in football and basketball, which I think is something that um, you know, it's it's always really fun to me and it, I think it makes that feeling like when a guy clicks and where a guy gets called up that you either have been scouting for years and years or you just kind of were like I like that guy. I, you opened a Bowman box and you went, that's the, my guy. I like this guy and suddenly clicks. I think it makes it all the more gratifying, but let's talk about a few of those guys that have now clicked into the major leagues uh, and uh, we'll talk with about a few recent call-ups. September is here. Uh Rosters have expanded now 28 man rosters. So we're seeing uh, the, we, we kind of thought maybe we would start to see more of these young guys that we maybe had in the past come up in September and make an impact. And that's definitely happened here over the last few weeks. So I want to focus on a few guys, one guy that uh, we're going to talk about that I had to bring up because uh, just perfect timing to have you on. And then uh, a huge Red Sox prospect gets called up. So we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I do want to start with, I think the guy that I, 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 I don't know if he was, is the number one guy that really shot through uh, the, the minors this year, more than any other player that, that, uh, took a huge jump in the prospect rankings, but I'd say he's probably one of the top two guys. It's Corbin Carroll uh, of the Arizona Diamondbacks, a guy that I think collectors had been on for a while uh, that have been interested in, but to now see him in the majors. And I saw a little bit minor league uh, a film on him, but it's just like, jaw-dropping to see the speed around the base paths of Corbin Carroll. You go, oh, he's instantly the fastest player of baseball. And the fact that he has legit power-speed combination, and that's going to be, I think, a recurring theme in this whole list, is the power-speed combo of a lot of these guys. 24 homers, 31 stolen bases, and 93 minor league games. And he's batting 275 with a 341 on base percentage through 11 games in the major leagues uh does this guy and the diamondbacks team really in general uh what do you make of corbin carroll do you think he's got this potential to be um in that next upper echelon conversation here uh with that sort of that just electric speed and uh you know even what 25 30 home runs and with that type of speed i mean you're talking about one of the most electrifying players potentially in baseball if he can put it together yeah, no doubt. I mean, saying that this guy flies is truly an understatement, uh, whether it's on around the bases that you touched upon or, or in the outfield. Um, you know, smooth left-handed swing can kind of do it all in the small sample size we've seen in the major leagues. He's only played, what is it, 11, 12 games. Um, but just think about the future is so bright for these Arizona Diamondbacks. Not only do you have Carroll, uh, but you have Dalton Varsho, who's been showing off this year. He's got 24 uh, homers. And then Jake McCarthy, who's been, as of late, has been tremendous, um, leading all of baseball post-All-Star break in stolen bases, batting average, and on-base percentage, believe it or not. Um, so I think Carroll is definitely the number one of those three guys. Um, but just imagining an outfield with all three of them, and plus you have Alec Thomas um, and some other veterans you know, around the team. I mean, this is a bright team uh, going into the future. Um, you know, They've kind of been the laughing stock of the league for the past few years, but the future is bright. I think Corbin Carroll is a great talent. He'll be a mainstay in this lineup moving forward. And as you said, I mean, if there's that 30-30 potential, I mean, his cards are going to go through the roof. And, and I think people already have, uh, you know, started to catch on. Yeah, and I think you're seeing it with Julio Rodriguez that like you have that 30-30 potential as a rookie or early in your career. You combine that with a a surprise playoff run and yeah. And it just equals dollar signs. If you're a baseball collector, gosh, this diamondbacks team, uh, I feel like we've kind of like, 
talked about them on the show a little bit after the Drew Jones drafting, which I just felt like I'm not going to say fell into their lap, but like they had a top two pick. They were going to get a good player, but just all that hype about Jones and then for them to get him with already Carol and Lawler and all of this incredible talent. Heck, we didn't even mention Zach Gallon might be a, a might now be the favorite for the NL Cy Young Award, which is crazy. Uh, this is going to be, I think, as exciting a team in baseball. Uh, I, I'll say this before I actually get to another player. The next guy I want to talk about, Gunnar Henderson. But uh, if you had to bet on the better future over the next five years, Diamondbacks or the Baltimore Orioles, I don't know if there's a wrong answer there. I, there really isn't. Um, I was actually going to make that comparison a little later on. Um, but, you know, being in the AL East, being a Red Sox fan, I hope it's the Arizona Diamondbacks because <laughs> I don't want to see it. I'm hoping it's the Diamondbacks uh, to have the brighter future because of the Red Sox. You know, having the faces a uh, star-studded Orioles team of the future, um, you know, as we'll touch upon Gunnar Henderson, as you said. Um, but th- these guys are, are going to be scary. And I think that these O's, uh, truly have the better talent, I think, going forward personally to be the better team. Yeah, I mean, just what you've seen from Adley and just the difference he makes. And I think, too, when you your top prospect being an all-world catcher, I mean, that is not just like, you know, a guy you're sticking in the middle of your lineup. It's a guy that you're leaning on to be the captain, the leader of your team. Uh, and when it happens so seamlessly, that's where you think, man, this could get like they've got a foundation here built for a long, long time uh, over in Baltimore. And let, let's talk about Gunnar Henderson. We'll just get right to him. Sure. Uh, 19 homers, 22 stolen bases and 112 minor league games. Uh, has looked good since getting called up on August 31st. Kind of a surprise call up. Honestly, I didn't think we were going to see him this year, especially with the Orioles. Uh, in the middle of a playoff race, uh, it's God. It's again. It just is so exciting to have that mix of like you clearly are seeing the pieces of a rebuild come together while they're still in the thick of it. I know they've fallen out a little bit, but still very very exciting what they're what they're accomplishing. And I think to me the thing that's popped with him is just how good defensively this guy has been early on. Uh, you're getting an up close look at him in the American League East. What do you think of Gunnar Henderson uh, right now? Yeah, the, honestly, the first time I saw him, um, you know, I was cha- going through channels and, you know, came upon the Red Sox game, which I haven't watched much Red Sox as of late, uh, just because they've been so bad. And I've yeah. been a fair weather fan here and there. But <laughs> um, I get on Nesson and all of a sudden there's a replay of this young kid making a diving play in the middle of the infield. I'm like, oh, who, who's that? You know, didn't realize it was Gunder Henderson at the time. Um, but yeah, as you said, defensively, he's terrific. Offensively, he can hit for average. Uh, he was what, a former number one prospect uh, late this year. Um, you know, three doubles, a homer, 356 on base percentage so far in 12 games. Um, in terms of young talent and uh, young and promising talent, um, you know, you have Adley Rushman, who you said who's already here. DL Hall has made an appearance, uh, pitcher, uh, Kyle Stowers. Um, and then you still have Grayson Rodriguez and, you know, their top pitching prospect and probably will be their uh, number one prospect moving forward, um, unless it's Jackson Holiday, who they took first overall in this past draft. And then you still have guys like Heston Kierstad and Colton Kowser. Um, right. And then one of my favorites, Dylan Beavers, who I got to see uh, play on the Cape in 2021. I mean, this this farm system is definitely more stacked than the Diamondbacks, who we've already praised. Um, but yeah, I think this team is scary and Gunnar Henderson is going to be a main uh, focus of that. Yeah, right in the middle of all the action. I think the from like a baseball card in an investing investing perspective, uh, especially when those first Jackson Holiday cards drop. It, and and gosh, you know it's crazy. I almost forgot. Like has to Kierstad, Colton Kowser. Like these are all guys who were top tier picks. There, I I think there is a little bit of like he could get lost in the shuffle for collectors uh, because he just uh, Adley is going to get all the headlines. Uh, obviously when I think Jackson holiday at the end of all of this, with all the dust clears in a few years, if he can put it all together is the guy kind of on top of the Hill. If you're prospecting Baltimore Orioles, uh, so I, I guess that would be the only sort of like, if you're going to invest in him for a big amount of money, maybe keep that in mind that there's going to be a lot of other guys. You know, they're going to have all Baltimore's going to have a lot of other shiny new toys coming soon uh, that they're going to be able to play with and put in the feet, put in the field, I should say. Uh, so Gunnar Henderson maybe gets lost there, but it's still just such a, 
impressive debut so far that uh, he, he's he's definitely got a head of steam here and got a lot of momentum going forward. Uh, I should actually ask, too, like in terms of Adley, because this has kind of been a hot topic on the show because, uh, you know, as we know, in sports cards and baseball cards, catchers just don't tend to sell well. There's a sh- there's a shelf life uh, to selling catchers. Adley kind of has bucked the trend recently, though, and clearly Topps is going to make him the star attraction of 2023 Topps Baseball. Do you see the same sort of uh, rush, uh, the, the same sort of, uh, you know, uh, I guess, obsession in the hobby like we saw with Wander Franco when he first came out for those big Adley Rushman cards come 2023? So unfortunately, I do not. Um, as you said, you know, catchers, for some reason, you know, you have the pitchers autographs who no one really cares for um, in terms of hobby love uh, and then catchers right behind that. But you do, you know, realize that Adley Rushman is one of those bat first catchers, um, not to mention he's a switch hitter and, you know, the number one prospect on a young team and kind of the cornerstone of this team moving forward. So I think he still will garner some love, uh, rightfully so. Um, but not to the extent that we saw Wander Franco um, and some of these other guys who were maybe more five tools, um, you know, shortstop, you know, whoever they may be. Um, but he, like we said already, I mean, he's Adley Rushman. I think this is truly their best prospect in years, and um, it'll definitely be such a main part of this team. Yeah, he feels like everything that they had originally hoped, you know, going back 10 years ago that Matt Weeders was supposed to be all those years ago. Uh, and it, it's all come together for him in a very, very short amount of time. And I think, too, what, like you said, I agree. I don't think Adley is going to be the same sort of – it's not going to be Adley mania like it was Wander mania this year. And I think, too, is just because it seems like they're going to hold off on guys like Nolan Gorman and, and Michael Harris. Like, there's already – I mean, those, those two – Right off the bat, those are two huge rookie stars uh, to to put in your flagship set to kind of center around those first uh, run of products for 2023, which I think collectors might flock to them before or uh, just as much, I should say, maybe as Adley, especially if both those guys look like they're going to make extended playoff runs with the Cardinals and the Braves. So just going to see a lot more action from those guys uh, in general. Uh, let's talk about, though, I got it. Like I said, perfect timing to get you on to talk about this guy uh, staying in the American League is Tristan Casas, who's a guy I have been kind of following and, and, and recognize the name right when he got called up. Ton of power potential. First baseman could be the first piece of a future infield there in Boston. Um, we'll talk about another guy who could be part of that down the road as well. Uh, hit a home run and his, hit his first home run in what, just I think his second or third game in the major leagues. A little bit of controversy about is he going to get the ball, which was, it was all a good fun. Uh, a 281, 389 on base, 500 uh, slugging percentage, 12 homers uh, in 76 minor league games this year. You are, uh, I would say, one of the, if not the, Tristan Casas su- super collector. Uh, what is it about this guy that, uh, I mean, beyond just your Red Sox fandom, what is it you like about this guy? Why do you think he's got a bright future in the major leagues? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that you can't ignore is that he's six foot five, 250 pounds. So this is huge guy, a lot of muscle. Um, scary raw power, you know, we've seen that displayed in AAA and AA and even in the Olympics, which he's already had some exposure to, you know, some of that talent, um, granted not as good as minor league talent, but you know, there's some former major leaguers there. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's runs really well for his size. Um, he was recently named best defensive first baseman in the minors, which a lot of people may overlook because they go, Oh, big, you know, power hitting first baseman. He can only hit. No, he actually, he's pretty flight of foot. You know, he, he makes some, some uh, very solid plays at first base, uh, high baseball IQ. Uh, he has, he's got those intangibles that you really like to see, just hard work ethic, you know, willingness to learn, wanting to get better. Um, and he's one of my favorite things about him is that he's got a great uh, approach at the plate and doesn't swing and miss at balls out of the zone. So uh, strikeouts have been a concern for him, but he's cut down on those. Um, his on-base percentage was great throughout the minor leagues. Uh, drawing walks. Um, and the thing I picked up on was that he has just a 14% uh, chance, uh, chase rate, excuse me, uh, with the major league average being at 28%. Wow. So yeah, it's only, he's only played in 12 games or so, 
Um, but it just shows his plate discipline really. And his, you know, wanting to look at good pitches and not swing at the crap that, you know, these pitchers like to offer, especially the Tampa Bay Rays, as we saw in that series. Um, but yeah, as you said, his first homer was a 95 mile per hour sinker up and in on a full count. Uh, so just his, his ability to get his hands out in front, uh, tremendous bat speed and, you know, the raw power is going to play. So, uh, just something I love to see in a player like that, you know, wanting to uh, learn to get better. You know, you see players who are kind of lazy and, you know, start struggling and kind of don't get out of that uh, wormhole. But Tristan Casas is a guy who I think with the right coaching um, and the right you know, mindset is definitely going to continue to build on his uh, performance going forward. Yeah, and I think with the the direction, you know, and you could correct as as a as a Red Sox fan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like the direction this team is going in, seeing how the rest of the American League East is trending, you kind of have to say not a full rebuild because it's Boston just doesn't do that. They have the the financial resources; they don't need to do that. They could do a reset, basically, like I think what we saw from the Yankees about maybe four or five years ago now. and he does kind of feel like he's I, I think he's probably going to get as many chances as possible next year. Be interesting to see what they do with Xander. If Xander Bogarts decides to leave, they at least have some options that are are at least building towards a future. Uh, Jeter Downs, Marcelo Mayer, who we're going to talk about. Uh, so there's at least some options there uh, for the Red Sox. But they are in this interesting position where I don't quite think they want to do a full on rebuild, but at the same time, seeing that there are clearly uh, uh, almost every other team in that division is on the rise, uh, that you have to maybe take a step back and say, maybe with this, give Casas these at bats, give these young guys these at bats, and 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 see what you've got. Go 2023, and then maybe at 2024, you really go after it and 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 make a big run once again, and maybe spend that off season. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, the thought of having, you know, if the Red Sox put their resources where they should be going into, you know, re-signing Rafael Devers long-term, yeah. uh, hopefully re-signing Bogarts, and then you have Trevor Story already locked up. So having that infield with Casas being in the future, uh, future plans, it, it's a bright spot for Red Sox fans. Yeah, there's there's still a lot to be happy about. I know I I won't I won't bring up any any past trades or in the past. Uh, and all I'll say is though, as a Giants fan kind of wish uh they didn't pull the trigger on one certain move but we'll move on from that uh let's let's move on to some guys who haven't quite made their major league debut yet we are going to talk about marcelo meyer in a little bit but i do want to start with a guy that has been on my radar for a while uh was a one of one of the stars from 2022 bowman uh that is ellie de la cruz oh my god i am like I knew he was doing well. I saw a film of him and went, "Wow, wow, wow!" Everything uh, just jumps off uh, when you uh, when you're watching him. Um, the size, the the bat, the the power, everything. Um, but to then see the stat line that he is right now uh, with 115 minor league games under his belt, 28 homers and 43 stolen bases. That is just phenomenal i i can't get over it uh cincinnati i i don't know what the future is with that team i that is one team that i just think is always stuck in no man's land but man you get ellie de la cruz on that team and that is going to be a jolt of energy uh he i i think i don't know if there's an exact number of who made the biggest leap but he was ranked pretty much consensus top 70 75 for most major prospect rankings and now i think he's ranked as high as 15th in mlb pipelines top 10 in some of these uh phenomenal talent and what's crazy to me is like you're already seeing a lot of his cards get auctioned off on golden i think ninety five hundred dollars for a gold first bowman chrome uh sold uh psa 10 sold on august 25th man uh this is i think a guy that uh feels feels very similar to what i think we're seeing with j-rod right now where it's just like this mix of incredible athleticism the speed the power um also just seems like he's having a blast every time he's out there uh kind of has kind of feels like the complete package right now uh just you know i wish the team situation was a little better but ellie de la cruz if you got any thoughts on uh, on him yeah, uh, immediately when I think of Ellie De La Cruz, I see a lot of O'Neill Cruz in him. Uh, yeah. You know, not not the same because of the same last name or anything. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> six five, 
And I think O'Neill Cruz, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, uh, just tall, lanky, athletic uh, middle infielders with great offensive profiles. They hit the ball hard. Um, you know, as we saw with the O'Neill Cruz, I think it was 122-plus mile per hour off the bat, Absolutely. which was only a single, yeah. um, which was <laughs> unbelievable to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I do have a friend who is a Reds fan and he is absolutely ecstatic about this guy. Um, you know, they need him to do what he's currently doing in the minors and that's mashing the ball. Uh, he was named Southern league player of the month last month in August, hitting 325, uh, OPS 1.113, six homers and led the league in that span, uh, in RBI and doubles. Um, but my only concern with him is that he does have a lot of strikeouts um, and the plate discipline isn't exactly there yet. Yeah, when the ball is in the zone, he's going to drive that thing. Uh, strong kid, still only 200 pounds, so he could put on some more weight um, and maybe shift over to third base. Um, but the strikeouts are definitely a concern. And I think when people are collecting and spending this much money um, on a guy like, like Ellie De La Cruz, I think you need to temper your expectations a little bit. But I do think, you know, he's going to be the face of the Reds uh, in, near, in a few years. Um, but that is a little concerning to me. Yeah, I think it, it kind of goes back to the concerns, I guess, with O'Neill Cruz as well, is that there is such incredible athleticism on display for him. I mean, I think I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, a player who's batting like 210 make the highlight reel every single on the Pittsburgh Pirates well out of the playoff race. And yet every single night when I'm watching MLB Network, there's another O'Neill Cruz highlight, whether it be, uh, you know, a 105 mile per hour throw to first base or a 120 mile per hour hit off the bat. Uh, it's it's incredible to watch. And I think it's a part of the reason why he and I think Cruz are becoming so popular uh in the hobby is that i think that sort of stuff goes a really long way of kind of building this legend but yeah it's the raw athleticism that is, is so enticing but you're right it's got to be uh you got to hone it in a little bit got to get that go you know and it's still for cruz he's so young he's so he's got so much time uh to to get that together uh as for another guy that i think is a little more refined and a little more ready uh staying in the national league central is jordan walker uh of the st louis cardinals and i've said it before on the show i'll say it again and i'll say it until the show's over i don't know what they're doing in st louis but that scouting department, my entire baseball watching life has found the best players, like whether it be the, the, the Brendan Donovan's of the world who nobody saw coming and suddenly part of the everyday lineup uh, is probably going to finish top five or so 10 top five and, and rookie of the year voting or a guy like Jordan Walker, who I think is uh, going from a consensus top 30, top 40 guy to arguably one of, if not the, I think Keith Law actually ranked him as the number one prospect in baseball in his most recent rankings. Um, and he's just got everything. He hits the ball hard. He's it, It's the only thing really uh, against him is uh, it's another third baseman in the Cardinals farm system. Uh, they figured out a way to put Norlin Gorman in the lineup. They'll figure out a way to get Jordan Walker in the lineup. 18 homers, 14 stolen bases, three or four average, uh, 509 slugging and 30 doubles. Uh, and recently a PSA 10, uh, number to 75, Bowman draft Chrome auto sold uh, for $3,900 of his. Uh, I just don't think you can go wrong with Cardinals prospect. When you're saying number one prospect on the Cardinals, I just say where sign me up if you're, I'm collecting him or, or, or for his bright future, uh, Jordan Walker, I feel like right now is got an incredibly bright future and could be maybe on the major league roster as soon as early 2020, 2023 at this point, I feel like. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he could, they could potentially plug him in left or right field uh, playing third. I'm you know, he's got the arm. Uh, so I think left or right could be an option. Uh, offensively, there aren't many holes in his game. You know, he absolutely destroyed double A. Um, and a lot of people were thinking, hey, why hasn't he been promoted to triple A yet in Memphis? Um, but he's still young. Was he 20 years old? Mm. Um, and putting up those numbers that he did was, was certainly amazing. Um, I, I'd expect him to start in triple A next year. Maybe if he kills it there, he gets called up early. Um, I, I'd expect him to be, you know, playing there in spring training. Um, but he's, he's another fascinating guy. He also walked a lot. He had 56 walks uh, this year in the minors, I believe. Um, so I know a lot of people are obviously excited. Uh, the hobby's giving him a lot of love. Um, and I'd love to see where he goes next year. 
Yeah, I think uh, something something that I've noticed that I mean, anyone who follows the minor leagues and you know this is that it, for the best prospects, AAA often is just sort of a pit stop for bigger and better things. And then you see like what the Braves have done this year where Michael Harris just completely skips it. Vaughn Grisham just completely skips AAA. Um, so yeah, it could be a very similar scenario here with Jordan Walker. The Braves, another organization that again for 30 years have just just cannot stop finding these diamonds in the rough uh, prospects. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's going to have a very, very, very exciting future. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, let's wrap it up uh, with prospects with this guy again. Well, we'll uh, we bookended it with uh, two Red Sox. So let's end it with Marcelo Mayer, who I think of all these guys that we have mentioned, uh, Mayer, I think for the hobby, has had the most excitement right out of the gate. Uh, there has just been instant uh, excitement about him, and he's instantly become one of the biggest prospects to collect for baseball card collectors. Uh, I think, actually, I mean, just to put it in perspective, it is a super fractor, but nonetheless, uh, his Bowman Draft Chrome PSA 9 super fractor sold in March for 132000 and he is it's remarkable for a guy who's never taken a major league at bat. But when you look at the stats, uh, climbed to the top 10 in most prospect rankings this year, 91 games in the minors, uh, split time between low A and high A, 280 average, close to a 400 on base percentage, 13 homers and 17 stolen bases. And to me, the thing that also pops out is that there is really not a big discrepancy between the walks and the strikeouts. Very patient young player. Uh, but Red Sox, it's going to be interesting because, like we mentioned earlier, they they might have a log jam here in the middle infield. Uh, what do you make of his future, his major league future? And do you think that the hype is warranted with this guy? I definitely think it's warranted. I mean, I was working the uh, the draft for the Cape Cod League in 2021 when he was drafted. Um, and many of us expected, oh, you know, it's a right off. He's, he's a lock for number one to the Pirates. Yeah. Um, and then we saw Henry Davis go, who was a former Cape Leaguer. He, he marked the fourth year in a row that a Cape Leaguer went first overall, which is crazy. We were all excited. Wow. Cool. And then as a Red Sox fan, I'm like, you know what? I'd love to have uh, Jack Leiter. I, I'd love to see him uh, slip to us at four. He goes second. Um, and then I'm like, wow, we really have a shot at Marcelo Meyer now. And all I was thinking was if we get him, like he's he has the possibility to change uh, this franchise for sure. Um, and I've even had people ask me, I, I was at a card show the other day, and they said, who do you like more, Marcelo Meyer or Tristan Casas? And I honestly said Marcelo Meyer. You know, I, I think this guy is legit. Um, I think he's only 19 years old. He hasn't turned 20 till December. Um, so he's still super young. He's already been putting up great numbers. Um, another guy out of high school. Um, He's a tool, five tool guy. I mean, there's there's not really much I can say that's bad about him. Um, and I'm just excited that it's one of those good problems to have if you're a Red Sox fan. Where oh, we say we lock up Bogarts, we have Trevor Story. Where is Marcelo Meyer going to play? He's still so young. I, I don't think you can really uh, think about that quite yet. Um, and the one really interesting stat I pulled up uh, found on Twitter the other day. There are only three te- uh, three teenagers in the minor leagues that had 30 or more doubles, 10 or more homers, and 15 or more stolen bases. Uh, Marcelo Meyer being one of those, uh, alongside Edinson Paulinho, who is also a Red Sox, and Alex Ramirez for the Mets. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's really not much that I can say that's bad about him, um, other than maybe we don't know where he's going to play in three, four years from now. Yeah, uh, gosh, it's it's a lot of reasons uh, to get excited about him. And yeah, you mentioned it, 19 years old, and he's doing what he's doing uh, in the minor leagues. It could be up very, very quickly. And yeah, you mentioned it, it's going to be, I think this offseason is going to be, a, is, is really going to tell the direction that this franchise goes. And I think it's going to be telling to show how confident they are uh, if Mar- that Marcelo Meyer can be with this team in a short time, uh, if they decide, you know what, if Xander opts out and they decide we're going to move in a different direction, I think that pretty much tells you right there that they think Marcelo Meyer may be ready within the next year, year and a half. Um, I didn't put him on the list, but I, I just thought about him because I saw right before we went on, uh, speaking of teenage phenoms, a guy that the hobby has been obsessed with. I think you might already know I'm going to talk about Jason Dominguez uh, of the New York Yankees. A guy that I feel like has gone through a roller coaster year. I feel like at the beginning of the year, at first month, just 
did not look good. Looked like it just kind of felt like last year. It was like, uh-oh, uh oh, there's going to be a lot of buyer's remorse in the hobby. I mean, the numbers his cards were going for just still blow my mind. And I still think that it's going to be hard to recoup some of that, even if he has an amazing career. But here we are at the end of the year. And I know it's more just to get more playing time for him, but he's going to double A. And I think I read a stat that he is one of, if not the youngest player currently in double A. Uh, He's really turned it around. He had a he had a big game in the futures game. Uh, do you where are we at with Jason Dominguez? Are we saying worth the hype, or does it still feel like he still needs to prove more? And again, always always have to remind myself he's still just nineteen years old. Right. Yeah. I mean, age is is probably the biggest thing. You know, give him some time. I feel like people in this hobby are like. Oh, you see him have this 0 for 4, four strikeout game, and oh, he's batting 150 and and all this stuff for an extended period of time. Um, he's a switch hitting, you know, phenom, and I really do think he's going to be good. As much as it hurts for me to say, uh, <laughs> being a Red Sox fan, but I, I think you know we're seeing it this year a little bit with Wander Franco. There was so much hype there, um, and rightfully so. He he had a great rookie year. Uh, took a step back. I think he had an injury this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you kind of slow him in that same conversation as Wander Franco, where he already has the hobby love. Maybe people are kind of easing off of him a little bit, but I honestly think he's going to be just fine. Um, it, it is hard to choose a fill, you know, being in the Yankees organization, you're expecting the best at all times. But um, yeah, no, I, I think he's someone that I'd love to invest some more money into. Yeah, I think if you're investing in him now or, you know, if you invested him a few months ago, I think that's a great investment going forward. Uh, that that first initial like six months or so where I think everyone got a little crazy for a minute uh, with Jason Dominguez. And again, I know it's enticing. He's a Yankee. He looked the look at the way he looks. He looks like Popeye. He looks like a superhero. It's crazy. Uh but yeah, I think uh, hit the brakes a little bit. And obviously there was those rumors that he was almost traded to the Cincinnati Reds, which I'm sure would have been a disaster for a lot of people who were investigating him. But also now I'm thinking, boy, Jason Dominguez and Ellie De La Cruz in the same outfield. That sure would have been fun to see. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to wait another day for that. But uh who who am I missing when I'm talking about all these big prospects? We've hit we've hit a lot of big names that collectors are familiar with. You've been very familiar with a lot of these names. You said watching them in the Cape League, uh, some of these guys before they get drafted. Uh, a guy that stood out to you this year uh, in the minor leagues, or even you know it, 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 even before that, if uh, uh, before professional ball and amateur ball, anybody that we should be keeping an eye on uh, that uh, collectors might need to get to know their name here real soon. For sure. I mean, avid collectors know that Bowman draft will come out, I think, by the end of the year. Um, and these are all players that I got to watch on the Cape in 2022, 2021. Um, so for me, it's going to be so cool seeing their autographs, uh, their first autographs. Um, the biggest player, I think, is Gavin Cross uh, for the Kansas City Royals. Um, just another very strong, powerful dude, uh, great hitter um kind of does it all and he's quick for his size as well so kind of almost fitting that Tristan Casas mold not as big as he is uh, I'm not going to compare every player to Tristan Casas but <laughs> you know I, I do like that comparison in terms of raw power um and that's a guy I got to witness in 2021 playing for the Brewster Whitecaps who ended up winning the championship uh they another two players that were on that same Brewster Whitecaps team were Zach Neto for the Angels who I, I really like uh, out of Campbell and um, Spencer Jones, who went in the first round of the Yankees. And, you know, a six foot seven guy being drafted by the Yankees, you know, they have pretty good success, uh, I'd say, uh, with that. So those are a few guys that I definitely would keep out, uh, keep your eye out for. Um, I'm sure their prices are probably going to be pretty steep, you know, being a Yankee, being a top 10 pick, or even being on the Angels. And Nettos, I know, has been tearing up the minors so far. Um, so those are definitely a few I've seen um, that I would start investing in as soon as they come out. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Bowman draft. I know we've got a few Bowman releases before it, but with this draft class, with those names you mentioned, uh, potentially, depending on who they decide 
to hold off for 2023 Bowman, potentially a Bowman draft for the ages uh, with some of these guys. I mean, just in general, Jackson Holiday and Drew Jones, I think, are going to be two of the most uh, chased players baseball fans have had, baseball prospects we've had in a long, long time. Just the perfect mix of like the name recognition, the talent, uh, and then all these other guys, which makes it even better if you are a guy who's looking for those, like the guys you just mentioned, these guys that uh, aren't as familiar to the common baseball fan makes it that much more i think exciting to to go after those guys uh as well uh before i let you go uh huge release this week we're gonna go off prospects a little bit but we have to talk about 2022 tops chrome baseball flagship coming out this week uh one of the big releases of the years one that fans always mark their calendars for uh so i'll just ask you real quickly because we have talked a lot about the rookies but i want to hear from you uh how would you rank these rookies i'll just give you the, the really i think the big three out of this set at this point it's julio it's uh, bobby witt and wander franco obviously how would you rank those three guys if uh, you're ripping open a box of tops chrome uh which of those guys would you want to be uh, pulling more uh, I think Julio Rodriguez for sure should be number one. Um, you know, just the season he's had, uh, the excitement he's brought to the Seattle Mariners franchise, you know, in the playoff race should probably make the playoffs. Um, I, I, there's really, he's going to be the number one guy. And I think Wander Franco is behind him at number two. Um, you know, the injury woes, you know, remain somewhat of a concern, but when he had that ridiculous uh, streak during uh, on base streak during his rookie year, yeah. you know, I obviously seeing him a lot playing against the Red Sox. I remember his debut game where he just went off completely um, and then continued that with that um, on base streak. Uh, I really like Wander Franco for obvious reasons. Um, and then, yeah, the third, as you mentioned, um, is Bobby Witt. I'm not fully convinced on Bobby Witt. I know he's had some bright spots, um, but I just, there's something about him. Also playing for the Kansas City Royals. I don't really know what direction they're going in. Um, So yeah, Bobby Witt's got to be third, but then again, he's a great athlete as well. Um, And uh, hey, if I opened up some Topps Chrome and I got Bobby uh, Bobby Witt autograph, I wouldn't be too... uh, too pissed about that no i think i think you'd be all right we'd all be all right if we pull the bobby witt auto out of that uh yeah the thing with wit is i think you mentioned it like those two guys you mentioned uh wander plays for the rays the rays just no matter what it just doesn't seem like they have a down year anymore the mariners are going in all the right directions right now in that huge contract he's potentially going to be there the rest of his career whereas yeah that royals team ever since they won in 2015 they are one of the most directionless teams in all of baseball i don't know if they ever quite figured out what their identity is post world that 2015 world series and now we're we're going on now what seven years since that series and it's just like they don't really know where they're going hopefully wit gives them some direction he's uh, defensively needs to figure it he needs to fix things up but uh the the power is there there's there's a ton of like highlight real plays there so it could be very very exciting any other rookies uh this year that you're keeping an eye on that maybe are some dark horse guys here for tops chrome so I don't think he has much hobby love at all, but Jose Siri, I believe he's on the Tampa Bay Rays now, yeah. uh, was a rookie with the Astros. Um, I've seen him play in person a few times at one of the Red Sox games I went to there playing against the Tampa Bay Rays. And some of the plays he was making in center, and he's got a strong arm too. Um, so like I, I just like those defensive players who can, can do it all in the outfield. Um, and, you know, he's a Tampa Bay Ray, so he'll probably pop off next year and bat, I don't know, 300 with 20 <laughs> homers and uh, just some random player. But Jose Siri is definitely a guy that I've liked, you know, watching in person. I think his body language is really good. You know, some of those intangibles that I've mentioned before. Um, so he's one of them, probably going to be super duper cheap. Um, but that's probably an autograph I, I wouldn't mind getting. Um, and then jumping the pitchers real quickly, uh, Reed Detmers of the Angels. You know, we've seen him have some pretty good outings. I think he had one or two even immaculate innings this year, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, another former Cape leaguer. Um, but I know pitchers don't really get much love, but Reed Detmers is one guy that I'd be looking out for. And same with George Kirby of the Mariners and Shane yeah. Boz of the Rays. 
Yeah, that's you know, I know, like you said, the pitchers don't get the love, but like there's Spencer Strider autos in here. He's having a phenomenal year in Atlanta. George Kirby has really turned a corner uh, with the Mariners. But I like that Jose Siri move, and you're absolutely right. That move at the deadline was maybe the most Tampa Bay Rays move ever. Just like a guy that was a complete afterthought. And yeah, he's probably going to turn into, you know, like a, a, a 20 home run. You know, he'll get you, he'll get a nice 800 OPS every year. Like that's just going to be what he does now for the next five years, very quietly. And, and, uh, you know, the Rays will, will keep winning and it, with all of these anonymous players, that's just what they do. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sure as an ALEs fan, that has to just be the most annoying thing <laughs> in the world to see them just do that year in and year out. That would just get, that would get under my skin, especially making like, big big move big money moves and all that but hey uh it's it's working for him hey ethan uh really appreciate you coming on the show uh let us know if you want to plug anything uh your twitter where can we follow you uh let us know where we can find you yeah uh so my instagram is cagno sports cards i haven't been as active recently you know just working start trying to find a full-time job uh, I'm recently working for the Boston Globe now, um, awesome. so just kind of it's been on the back burner. But yeah, I'll still be posting there and, and interacting with all my followers. Um, and then yeah, my Twitter is at ecagno32. And for the Cape League, I was doing a lot of uh, just kind of analyzing fi- game film of top Cape League players, a lot of which you'll see in the major leagues, you know, or even the minor leagues now, but the major leagues down the road. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Cody, for having me. I had a blast, and uh, would definitely love to do this again. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll uh, maybe uh, get some get some thoughts uh, maybe next year about some of these big Cape League names that we all need to know. These young guys, the guys, you know, that's the step beyond prospecting and looking at your first Bowman's is looking at those guys in college. It's something I need to get better at. So I appreciate you dropping the knowledge and uh, yeah, best of luck, man, uh, on the future. Awesome. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Once again, a big thanks to Ethan for joining me. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get your baseball news. Really good stuff. That's a rising star in the baseball world, in the sports card world. I think we're going to be hearing a lot from Ethan in the near future. Very, very good conversation with him. Excited to have him on again down the road. And if you want more of Wax Packs and Morning Tracks and of Mojo Break Media, make sure to follow us, Mojo Break Sports Card Show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You'll get new episodes of Wax Packs and Morning Tracks. And every Thursday, new episodes of our flagship show, The Hype. Had a huge football show last week. If you haven't heard it already, go back. Big football preview. A lot of fun that we had last week. And, of course, make sure to subscribe to Mojo Break Media on YouTube for the full video podcast. Make sure to subscribe to Mojo Break. And, of course, make sure to get in on some Topps Chrome baseball breaks. Guys, it comes out this week. You heard the promo code at the beginning of the show, but I think we should repeat it. 15% off when you go to mojobreak.com and enter the code CHROME. That's Chrome, as in Topps Chrome, put it in when you buy a spot into your Topps Chrome baseball break, or any break for that matter, and you're going to get 15% off. Pretty good deal for a pretty good product. Can't wait to rip open some Wander, some Julio, some Bobby Witt. Going to be an exciting week. Until then, I'm Cody. We'll talk to you next time on Wax Packs and Warning Tracks. See ya.